Welcome to the Real Life Fitness Stories podcast. I'm your host, Scott Roberts. Stick around for inspiring real-life stories of incredible resilience and achievement. Thank you for listening. Let's be inspired. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Life Fitness Stories podcast. I am massively excited to introduce our new guest. It is the incredible, the wonderful, Claire Heaviside. Hello. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. What an intro. I, I was going to add in my inspiration. <laughs> we might get to that bit a bit later on, but do you just want to give a quick introduction into who you are and what you do? Yeah, yeah sure. So, um, yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks, Scott. I've been watching and listening to you setting up this podcast from afar and thinking, how is this going to work out? So it's great to be on it and see it happen in real life. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, based in Manchester. Um, I live actually um, just uh, outside of Manchester in the Peak District because uh, I'm, I'm a lover of trail running, fell running, the outdoors. Um, that, that's really my thing. Um, but for for work-life balance, I also own a um, digital marketing agency called Serotonin, and that's in the centre of Manchester, um, in the Northern Quarter. Um, yeah, that's me. Is that enough of a summary? That is perfect. <laughs> you even got a plug-in, which is great. Um, yeah. I, might, I might be tapping you up for a sponsor for the podcast soon. So. Oh, right, I can see what this is all about really now. <laughs> so Claire is actually an ex-client of mine. Um, nearly two years ago now by the way does it seem like two years ago honestly Scott it's mad I often have little moments where I think it's two years or or it's it's, an, it's a year or it's a I do actually have moments where I think that and it, it it's it's kind of wild to me that it was it's two years ago and I know we're going to come on to all of this, but the difference and the type of person that I am and the, the, the life that I'm li living, that the mindset that I've got is astonishingly different to me. Um, so, yeah, in some ways, I'm like, I feel that that person two years ago is really close to me because I still feel her in, in my heart. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it feels like a world away. It, it's a weird it's a weird feeling. Yeah. So um, Claire actually started in August 2021 on the 30th of July, 2021, Claire sent me an email. So, and this email will kind of set up what we're talking about, where Claire was, and obviously we're gonna talk about where she's at now. But we were talking on Instagram, just a bit of back and forth into, into like what she's struggling with and things like that. And she went quiet on me. I can't remember how long for, but she stopped replying to me, which usually happens when I'm talking to women. But um I chased her up and her what she wanted to say to me wouldn't fit in an Instagram message so I was like well what the bloody hell's going on here but email everything over and she did <clears throat> and it's probably there, there's two client emails that I always remember and one of them is Claire's because she opened up it was a long email it was a very honest email and um, that just set the ball rolling in regards to our relationship and what we ended up achieving. So I'm just going to pull out, it's not quotes because I've nearly pulled out the whole email, um, <laughs> but I'm just going to, I'm just going to talk, just talk through a few things that were in this email. 
So went through a divorce that triggered quite serious anxiety and panic attacks. I told you that 95% of the time I have a voice in my head saying I'm fat and ugly. It's more like 100%. It's all the time and it's awful. The things I say to myself in my own mind are horrible. We're going to talk about running a lot. Um, but I hate being shit at it now. I feel heavy, slow, and nothing like the long distance mountain goat that I used to be. I find it depressing, but I'm willing to try. Another key to this is that I drink too much, or at least I did over lockdown, and I think, th think this is where it's all gone wrong. I was living alone, working from home, and for four months I didn't even see my partner. I was drinking almost every night. And then the final bit in regard, because one of the questions was, what does she want or need from me? I don't need telling off. I definitely don't respond well to negativity. I'm doing enough. I'm doing that enough to myself. I need honesty and a safe space. Oh, oh it really brings it back. I, I remember every writing every word of that and more. Uh, to be honest, I, I like that. It, reading that back, one, I still get emotional. Two, it, it, it feels, it still feels like yesterday reading that back. Yeah. Must have been a shock to receive because it was quite full on. I literally was to you. I'm not doing this over Instagram. I'm not doing this over message. This is deep. And if you're if you're going to be the person that's going to help me, you need to understand me. You've got to get me. I was quite adamant. Like this, I'm going to just tell the. I think one of the other things I said in that email was like, maybe I said it to you afterwards. I was so sick of trying to fight that negative self talk on my own. I was exhausted. I'd given up, basically. I'd just accepted that that voice was going to be the loudest voice. And I just needed to make it somebody else's problem. And, and one of the big, I think on our first call, I said to you, just think for me, because I've got nothing left. And it was like, it was, a, it was a massive cry for help. From my point of view, receiving that, it, it, was, it was a good thing for, um, for two reasons. One, when you are that honest and open straight straight off the bat, because really we, we didn't really know each other. I think you'd been following me, you'd been maybe watching, you know, in the background, but we apart from a few messages on Instagram, we, we didn't know each other. So for you to open up like that, from a coach's point of view, it's right, if we've got that straight away, I don't think there's anything we can't get around. Because I will yeah. always say to a client, be as honest and open as possible, because if we have that, we'll achieve anything. I don't expect anything to be perfect. You will fuck up at times, but be honest and open and we'll get around it. Yeah. And the, the second part of that is it showed me you was ready to change. Yeah, I, it was it was I was all in. <laughs> Basically, I, I was all in and it wasn't that I needed. um I like I didn't need the I didn't need any more negativity. I didn't need anyone shouting at me, putting a regime in front of me, and and you know I'm, a, I'm an owner of a successful business. I know how to manage my life myself. And, and you know what? Actually, that was part of the what I found difficult because it was like frustrating that I know how to do these things. I know how to be a successful person, and why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling so out of control and upset and um, negative about myself? And I just couldn't cope with it anymore. 
yeah it was it was a mad whirlwind of emotions to be honest when I wrote that but I did have a sense that it was just the right thing to do and to approach it honestly from the start was the right thing to do and it really laid the foundation for how the coaching went because um you never did tell me off you never did give me any negativity because that's not what I'm good at but I don't really think I ever I think what I was really looking for was a bit of an emotion emotional support and that's why the email itself was well led with emotion really well to be honest this is going to sound a bit well very soppy but you didn't actually give me a reason to tell you off apart, <laughs> apart from actually telling you to eat more yeah that's true <laughs> because once we got started you just ran with it didn't you yeah a button went off and that's it that's been it for the past two years honestly I've never ever um I, I've a, a switch went off sent the email switch went off signed up that was it I was on a completely different path and I've honestly haven't looked back so the the journey is it's just it's part of my life, but it's continuing. This is continuing all the time. Nutrition-wise, confidence, um, way I, the way I physically feel, the way I physically look, the challenges that I can take on, the things that I've achieved in the past two years. It could have been so different. That's what's get. That's just what I think sometimes. It could have been so different. These two years could have happened, and I could have not done it. I could have. I could still be there, and that's that's the scariest thing. Right. So before we turn this into the shortest podcast ever, let, let's go back um, be, before I, because it was me that actually messaged you on Instagram, but before that email, before the Instagram conversations, what led to it and over what kind of time period was it? Um, I think I didn't know this at the time, but things had been really challenging for a few years. I think I mentioned in the message in the email that I sent you about the divorce that I went through and that was really really difficult emotionally mentally lots to deal with I don't know you know anyone who's ever been through a divorce or a really significant breakup will tell you it throws your world it's, it's like dropping a firebomb in the middle of your world and suddenly there's so much to deal with and that's really really hard but also having lots to deal with also becomes a bit of protective blanket so you're working out where you're going to live now what you're going to do now is it and and there's elements of that that's quite exciting because you're starting afresh and there's lots of new things to experience and you, you know you're you've got this sense of you know I, I can start again once you get out of the 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 really difficult bits of of leaving a relationship and I think I responded to that bit really well but it was when life started to settle back down again and I realized that right okay so now I'm living in this flat um okay uh the, you know I can keep going out all the time but actually I don't want to um 37 38 or whatever I was maybe a bit younger I'm 36 uh, what am I doing I'm really unhappy in my job um and then I think the anxiety that I'd been kind of putting at bay during that divorce period really came out to the forefront and I was having a lot of panic attacks, feeling really anxious, not wanting to talk to people, bottling things up a lot. Um, and I just wasn't dealing with any of that very well. My partner now, he says to me things like, when we first got together, he'll say, you know, there were, I had a lot of things going on. But I didn't realize it at the time. He's like, no, we really had to re re rebuild you. <laughs> we really had to work hard. Um, 
to get but I didn't realize at the time <clears throat> how anxious I was and you know we'd go on walks and I would just burst out crying and I wouldn't know why and he'd have to just stand there and hold me and I, and I couldn't explain why I would, this panic was overwhelming me so there were so many things going on mentally and emotionally in my brain it was too much and then lockdown came I was separated from everybody my default reaction to that is to really just cut myself off and that's kind of what I did so apart from work um I really just cut myself off from everyone. I was living alone um, and forgot how to live healthily and forgot that these things mattered. Um, yeah, so I guess it's a culmination of all of that, dealing with that emotional turmoil, the aftermath of like a significant life change, um, mentally coming to terms with like who am I going to be now and what is my life going to be but also really struggling with it chuck a lockdown into the mix being at my fittest and strongest and being able to organize myself into having a really like coherent plan for nutrition and well-being just just wasn't it, it wasn't possible and so that was the point when I kind of thought I've, <laughs> I don't know at times I thought all right, this is it now. I'm just going to be like this now with this voice in my head. Like I said to you going, you're fat, you're ugly, you're disgusting. I used to sit there. I used to not be able to sit at my desk and work without holding on to my stomach. I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with, with feeling it in my hands because it was in my mind so big and I, and my body just didn't feel like mine anymore. And I was obsessed with it. And it's all I thought about. Every time I sat down, that's all I thought about when I'd stand up, when I'd go for a walk, walk my dog. That's all I thought about. And I tried to train myself to think that's okay. Like be body positive, embrace this new self. But I wasn't happy. Well, you can see I was totally depressed. I, I suppose when you are in that hole and you maybe don't see a way out, or I suppose there's a time where you just don't want way out because it's just too painful and obviously that fear of change is painful as well you just kind of accept it to a degree don't you and, and, yeah. try, and try and live with it yeah because I just thought it I, I couldn't I don't know it was so weird it was almost like existential crisis like what is what is it what where is my worth what am I, what am I good at the, the negative voice was so loud that's the best way to describe it it was 100% of the time. It was always there. And it was really, really difficult. And, and as I said earlier, exhausting, really exhausting to try and fight against. And I think that's why it's mad. You would, I don't know, that that um, switch flicking was it's so weird mm. that it was almost like changing my mindset came so easily to me. But it's, I think it's because I was just desperate to, to I really 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 wanted to not feel like this anymore like so badly I wanted to not feel like this anymore um so yeah I think that's why when someone threw me a lifeline I was like I'm gonna hold on to this with <laughs> so tight <laughs> and I'm gonna do everything that this guy tells me to do that's it. I'm just gonna do everything he tells me to do and then <laughs> hopefully I'm gonna get out of this <laughs> that could have ended completely a different way it could have honestly Scott it could have been yeah yeah but like 
just don't yeah don't just pick any bloke off the internet by the way <laughs> so let's just talk about like your work and obviously the impact it had like obviously you're the boss so yeah. you know you've got a lot of pressure on your shoulders how many people do you have under you right now i've got a team i've got a team of 20 that's, um that's a massive responsibility yeah but 100% of the time when you're in work and out of work you've got these voices in your yeah. head yeah did, did it have it must have had a negative impact on work without a shadow of a doubt in a number of ways i think which again i think i only really see it now because i was carrying around i think i was carrying around because i'm Right, imagine you've got this voice in your head always being negative and hostile to you. How are you going to then behave to other people? You yeah. cannot be sweetness and light. And you can't, I didn't have enough energy to, to um, be, to give enough empathy and understanding to the people around me that needed empathy and understanding because I wasn't giving any of it to myself. And I was using every ounce of strength I could just to try and be there and not and 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 to shut this voice down for the period of time that I was there or someone was talking to me so much so much negative self-talk that I would feel that I didn't feel worthy of being where where I was or that my opinion wasn't valid and that's mad because it's not just about my opinion people are relying on me to lead them to make good decisions in a really measured and rational way but um you know fortunately Fortunately, it, it, on the outside, I don't think, I'm not to say things didn't impact the business. The business has seen, has seen significant growth and done really well over the past four years. However, where it made things a lot harder for me. And now my team say to me, yeah, we can, can see that there's a difference in you now. They recognize the difference. Yeah, that, that was going to be like my next question, that those close to you, obviously you mentioned your partner and how he mentioned that there had to be a rebuild as such but people close to you at work when you was in the hole or at your lowest were they noticing were they saying anything to you or was it's it hard isn't it it's hard because i'm the boss yeah. so it's hard but people probably weren't um people probably wouldn't say you're always you feel short-tempered or where's the fun gone you know um or are, are you struggling people tend not to ask the boss if they're struggling um, which is a shame I think people should ask the boss if they're struggling because they're probably struggling a lot <laughs> um but what yeah about, people what about other people close to you then friends family um my, well my family all live in London so I only see them a few times a year um and I think, so it's quite easy for me to hide the way I was really feeling. And that's what I would do. So putting a mask on and pretending everything was okay. And I think that's what we all get used to doing. So I would do that in work to some extent. I would do that um, um, in home life. Um, I know a lot of this was happening as well during lockdown and post COVID times when it's quite easy just to turn a screen on, be a certain person for half an hour and then jump off and be someone entirely different. And I think that that enabled that type of behavior. I mean, the key thing is, do they see a difference now? Yeah. I think, it, you know, everybody, I literally just bumped into a friend that I've not seen for about two years 
um, outside my office and he just went, bloody hell, Claire, you're like an athlete. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, that's a physical thing. But I know that, I know for a fact that I'm a better leader. I know for a fact that I'm better at my job um, because I, I'm, the liberation of going into a meeting or a pitch, a presentation or a team, you know, a team briefing and not having so much of my brain taken up with this negative voice it's gone it's dead to me that voice I know how to control it I know how to shut it up it's it's irrelevant to be able to go into those situations and not have that voice I'm no one better because I know I just know I it, it it's it's so different I suppose the only downside for everyone working for you now is that you're dragging them all out for runs all the time. Yeah, I do do that. I do do that. I started, they all have to come for a run with me every Friday lunchtime. Although, having said that, because I started Run Club, ever since I started Run Club, um, there's a rival pub club that has also started oh, wow. on Friday lunchtime. So as, as pub club um, uh, membership has increased, Run Club has significantly decreased. And I now there's really about two years. We were going to say everyone started working from home. No, they will just go to the pub now and I can't make them run. So, so I, I don't want to talk too much about the process and this turn into a, a Scots coaching advert, but we were together for 12 weeks and just give a bit of a summary in regards to how your mindset changed. I, I know you said it changed straight away and it, it was kind of plain sailing, but when you look back at that 12 weeks, what, what do you think of? So I think the nutrition thing was the biggest part for me um, because I'm still living, genuinely, two years later, I'm still living the same structure of uh, the way I manage my meals on a weekly basis. That started two years ago. And I honestly, I, that hasn't changed every single week. And people are going to find that really, really boring I don't find it boring. I find it um, liberating that I just don't have to think. And my, I just know exactly what I'm having every single day. My meals are planned. When I go shopping, I'm buying things and I know exactly what I'm eating. So just having that structure in place that wasn't ever about counting calories. If you ask me what my calorie um, intake is on a daily basis, I haven't got any idea at all. It was useful for us to have that as a bit of a benchmark and a guide, I think more for you than for me yeah. in over that three week, um, three month period. But at the time, and even now it's irrelevant to me, it, but it's the structure that I really, um, and that organization of it, that made the biggest difference. And that happened, that actually happened, you know, week one because we put a structure in place and it worked and that's why I think we had these kept having all these subsequent conversations you were like you can up your cal calories you know Claire and I'd be like yeah but I'm in the plan now I'm in the structure I like the structure like by all means I'll have the additional things and I know I can play around with things on a daily basis because I've got that wiggle room within my structure but now it's here it's here and it turns out I'm a real creature of habit and I like to be able to just have that framework in place so I don't have to think about it because you know life is really complex and draining and there's so many other things to think about that I don't want to have to think about what I'm having for lunch today because it's already in and that was massive for me because the other thing one reason that was massive for me was because I it enabled me to see a difference pretty quickly because the, the you know obviously the photographs were, um the photograph tracking that we would do on a, on a Sunday 
um, and measurements. Honestly, it was like the first round of photographs, I was like, this, what? this is mad. It's madness. And then, um, you know, I've got a folder on my phone, tracked every single week, the same images. And sometimes I go back to it, you know, two years later, sometimes I just go and do a little photo shoot. And I, and I put it next to the first, just so that I can just keep that momentum going of like, you know, oh, I'm still on the path and I'm still getting stronger, getting fitter all the time. So, yeah, I think, I think the big things for me was visibly seeing a difference relatively quickly and um, the nutrition side of things, because both of those things together then gave me the energy, headspace and physical confidence to be able to, to get back into fitness. And I think I said as well, like one of the things I needed to do was just, I was like, get me running again, just get me running again. Cause I love running. I'm a runner at my heart. I've done four marathons now, uh, run an ultra this year. If I knew if you could just get me running again, fitness wouldn't be a problem. And it's all kind of come back into place. Yeah. Cause just to touch on what you were saying about kind of eating the same things, being boring, having basic habits. I actually did a private podcast for the team on, on this. And, and people that are successful generally have that habit in place. Yeah. You could go as far, you see those memes about some of the top businessmen um, that I can't remember now. Like, like Steve only, Jobs. Steve Jobs only wears yeah. the black polo neck every day or Zuckerberg. Because then I have to think, and I, honestly, I've, I've employed that in uh, other areas of my life. So it's not that I wear the same outfit every day, but certainly from a, for a season, it's there's a series of tops that are similar. There's a series of bottoms. I know what I'm going to put on every single day because it's a variation of the same. Listen, some people are going to find that boring and they want to express their creativity in other ways. Absolutely, it's not for everyone, but it works for me, really works for me. I'll have people come into me, and, and I think it's an... an a negative mentality towards how they approach a diet in that oh I need loads of meal options I, I, I need loads of recipes and I'm thinking to be honest that, that's the last thing you need it's the last yeah. thing any any of us need because you, know, you don't have to own a business someone may have a family to sorry a family to look after whatever responsibility it is we've all got stressful lives that take up a lot of time you don't then want to be adding in thinking what you're having no. for dinner, you know, five different meals for breakfast, five different meals for lunch, five yeah. different meals for dinner. One, it takes up too much thinking. Two, it's stressful. Three, it costs a lot of money. And from a consistency point of view, which all this actually boils down to, you've got no chance. You're setting yourself up for failure yeah. every time. Yeah, and that's the consistency side of things is the biggest thing that's the only that's the real thing that I've seen where um that's been the winner for me like this consistency mindset where it, it's just non-negotiable for me that this is how I'm gonna um structure my day structure my week there's a meeting going on next door can you hear I can't hear no but I have noticed you've started whispering <laughs> yeah, I've gone quieter because someone gone next door if, if I if I try and move somewhere you'll edit this bit out I won't edit it. I'm gonna keep it in for a laugh <laughs> come feel with free, me feel free to move and talk okay but fine <laughs> let's, obviously we went through that process and you've spoken about kind of controlling the voices 
managing, I suppose, that person you was before we started. How does that look? How, how often, you know, do these neg negative thoughts appear in your head anymore or are they completely gone? Um, I'm going to go back into the other room that was in because there's somebody else in that one. You think it's a boss, I'd be able to just get a bit of space, but no. Um, you need to put your foot They've down. gone. They've gone, really. Um, I, yeah, no, that's not, that, that's probably over. I probably, they're manageable and it's nothing compared to what it was. So, um, it now it's more like, um, just the day-to-day -day things that people feel about themselves when they're just not feeling on top form. Um, I feel those type of feelings, but it's a completely different, it's not comparable. Like the voices that I had were not were not day-to-day -day voices. It was, um, it, it was, I was mentally in a really bad place. My mental health was suffering. And it, and it's, it was a, it's a completely different um, feeling to just, oh, I'm not feeling on top form today. I don't feel great today. I'm, you know, I need to do some exercise just to give myself a bit of an endorphin boost. You know, back then it was overwhelming. It's completely different. Let's talk about your exercise now, because you've mentioned you're like winning marathons. Um, did you say you're doing an ultra marathon or you've done I've one? Done an, I've done one, I've done one. So I've did, um, uh, I did one um which was I did on, on my own it was a because I, li I live out in the Peak District so it's quite um hilly um so that was a trail ultra um in uh, about five or six weeks ago I did which is yeah. 56 kilometers so that was a big that was one of my big targets for this year um my how next long, how long did that take six hours 52 which well, hang on, just tell everyone, I saw, what, what did you do this, what day are we on? Thursday morning, what did you do this morning? Oh, I ran to work, which is 21k. Yeah, so you basically Thursday morning, you did a half marathon to work. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just ran into work. And, and um, yeah, I've got a 75 kilometre um, race in the Lake District in September, which I'm training for. Um, marathon, running, I, I love it. It's, it is absolutely who I am it brings me so much joy strength confidence um I love seeing improvements that I can make within myself through running um mentally it does absolutely wonders for me um yeah I think when you uh, that whole thing of being unlocking that getting me back into running was um huge and it's I feel like it's totally enriched my life in so many ways, as opposed to the girl that was sat in lockdown, like having a bottle of wine. Now I'm, you know, well, I have, I've got to get up at five o'clock, so I've got to run to work. <laughs> so I just want to touch again on, you, you, you mentioned how it kind of probably affected work, but you maybe didn't realize and how it's had a positive, a massive positive impact on work now. And it's something I'm always banging on about on my social media and that looking after yourself and prioritizing yourself is not selfish because, yeah. you know, your partner will get a better version of you. Uh, if you've got a family, they will have a, get a better version of you. All your staff are getting a better version of you all because you've 
started looking after yourself yeah without a shadow of a doubt like like I said it's just non-negotiable so I have my I have my routine the things that I do each day and that are uh you know in my fitness classes uh, I'm I don't schedule meetings in that will that will not enable me to get home for the things I need to get home to do on a Saturday morning that's long run day so Saturday mornings I'm up and out I will not that's just uh it it's part of my life and people around me just need to respect that and understand that and at the same time I respect their boundaries and the things that they need to do too um and I think it's so much better that way if we all are just really either clear or help each other to be clear on the things that are outside of work family commitments and we start to build out what really makes us us because running is something that makes me me and if I'm not doing it then I'm not the best of me so yeah it's non-negotiable and I suppose the people that are close to you if they don't get that they're probably not worth having around anyway yeah I mean they the only thing they have to put up with is me talking about running all the time yeah so all being dragged on running club (laughs) yeah (laughs) so if anyone is like if anyone has related to your story or you know is feeling in a similar way what advice would you give oh i it's really difficult because there's going to be people listening to this that really feel the way that i was feeling and i don't want to make it sound like it's easy or the journey is easy because it does really need you to dig in and commit and want and need something better so I don't want to make it sound like it's easy but if you are in a situation where you've got those voices in your head and they're saying these things to you I guess the first step I would take is to realize that those voices are not you and they do not need to be there forever you can isolate those voices, turn them into something, make a character of them or something. And then we're going to, you know, you need to find a way to make them stop. You need to, whether that's through listening to, you know, positive things about yourself or being great gratitude or getting outdoors or changing nutrition or having a coach, whatever it is, don't put up with that. Don't put up with those voices and don't let them be, don't let them take over your life because there is a there is a way out of this and you don't have to put up with it I think that was the thing that for me spurred me on to write the email in the first place because I tried accepting that those voices were just going to live with me forever and I realized that I just couldn't cope with it and I couldn't I couldn't be happy so I decided that I needed to reach out and ask someone for help so yeah if you're if, if that's the situation that you're in ask for help speak to someone tell them that you're hearing these things it's not okay you don't have to live with live with that and I, yeah i really hope that if, if somebody is in that situation i understand i do understand i know exactly where you where you are right now one thing i have been thinking about whilst recording these podcasts is someone's way out <clears throat> does not have to look like your way out 
You know, you don't have to start running marathons. You don't have to start running up and down mountains because the, the trap people can fall into is relating to where you was, but then thinking, oh, well, I can't run marathons. So none of Claire's story now relates to me. The, the biggest change for me hasn't been the running marathons bit. That's like, the, the, that's about 2% at the end of the story. The biggest change for me is the 80% before that, which happened with a mindset change and putting some structure and control into my life that meant that the voices went away. That was the 80% battle. Whatever anyone decides to do with the with the rest after that, whether it's, you know, uh, don't know running, gymnastics, nothing, no exercise, it doesn't matter. The biggest thing is that mindset change. And that was where the battle happened. And now everything else is just open. You can do whatever you... Everything. Well, yeah, the, the hopeful end outcome is just having a lifestyle that you're content with. Yeah. And because just to go off on a tangent, the podcast that would be before yours is with someone called Pete Cranfield who lost, I think he lost eight stone. Now... Again, he was in a low place, he was struggling, and he, he went through this big change. Now, his life now, his 2% is he's now doing bodybuilding shows. Wow. You know, but I don't want people listening to his story, which is incredible, but then maybe thinking, oh, well, I, I don't want to do bodybuilding. Therefore, no. everything else that has been said probably doesn't relate. Yeah, to it's me. just not, it's not, it, it's, the, it's the freedom the sense of freedom to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do with your life, whether that's bodybuilding, running, or taking your kids to the park, doesn't matter. The, it's the, the journey that gets to that point of freedom, which is more than just getting physically fit or um, losing weight. It's a mindset that, oh, I can, do, I can actually do whatever I want now. And for me, I always knew, just get me back to running. That's all I wanted to do. Perfect. Before we go, is there anything else? Any other words of wisdom or advice? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like um, whenever we have conversations or <laughs> right from the very start, it's always been like kind of pouring my heart out and I'm always make, make things o overly emotional. But, um, well, but yeah. well, I'm going. I'm not going to try and make you cry. But like I said, <laughs> I, rem I remember that email. I remember the position you was in. I remember every conversation we had along the way, including me telling you to eat more. And I'm sat here now. You've had, we've been chatting 45 minutes. You've had a big smile on your face all the way through. <laughs> You're in your big, shiny new office in Manchester City Centre. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's been, I'm proud to be a part of it. Oh, um, thanks, God. I'm actually going to cry. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what will hopefully bring the views in. Set the ratings up. You know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be sat here being a small part of the process. And I mean, really, it was all your hard work. Yeah, that first, that having someone that just cared that you could talk to, that was it. Someone cared, someone understood. It wasn't someone from my family. It wasn't anyone that was going to judge me. I could literally say anything. You had to just take it. Whatever I was going to say to you, you had to take it. That was, that's sometimes all that you need. And uh, yeah, yeah, it has been. 
like I said, right at the very beginning of the podcast, look back. I look back often and think, wow, two years. <laughs> I'm really happy. I'm really happy now. Good. Should we stop it there before we both cry? Yeah, please. Right. Do you plug, plug the company again? <laughs> Serotonin. We're a digital what? agency in Manchester. It's all about feeling good. <laughs> What's the Instagram handle? Um, it's at Serotonin Digital. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>